There's a beautiful picture that God just showed me through that song right there. You got the two thieves and Jesus in the middle. One on the left side is a picture of what the one on the right side used to be. That man in the middle made a difference. Amen. Amen. That can be you tonight. Amen. Christ can make a difference in your life. Boy, I'm glad there's testimony after testimony after testimony of that sitting in this building tonight. How Christ makes a difference in our lives. I feel it's the will of God tonight. I know there's a half a dozen preachers sitting in here. I feel it's the will of God tonight for me to preach. Continuing through the book of John. Well, I tell you, I don't know about y'all. I, I say this every Wednesday night. If it ain't helping y'all, it's a helping me. Amen. Amen. If I ain't preaching to nobody, I'm preaching to me. And it's sure helping me preaching verse by verse through the book of John. I appreciate the Lord tonight, and I appreciate you being here tonight. A lot of churches canceled tonight, and I know it's cold and makes it hard to get out. and gives us a, one more excuse to not come to church, but I appreciate you being here tonight. Amen. And I appreciate maybe many of you watching on Facebook. I appreciate people tuning in and watching on Facebook. And uh, wonderful to be in the house of the Lord. These times we come in here and boy, we're just rejoicing and shouting and, and excited. These times it just ain't like that. Amen. And sometimes I think God just, uh, sometimes we search our heart and we seek God. And, and it's, uh, I think God just sees how we're going to react to it. Amen. Amen. See if we're going to hang in there. Yes. Amen. These times like I believe that. Amen. There's times these things in their life ain't right. Don't get me wrong. There's times they sin in the camp. That's why God ain't show up. Amen. There's times these little bitty sins in the camp that manifest in the big sins. Amen. Lord willing, tonight we may hit on one of them. John chapter number three tonight. We're looking at verse number 22 through verse number 26. We've been studying through this. And boy, John chapter number three is probably probably one of the greatest chapters in your Bible. I, I say that probably every text I preach. I get to study them. These are all great texts. It's because it's the word of God. It's inerrant. It's infallible. It's been inspired. The Holy Ghost. It's the word of God. Amen. It does not just contain the words of God. It is the word of God. The liberalist today says that this book can contains some of the words of God. But I'm glad that's not true. I'm glad this is the word of God. John chapter number three, verse number 22, these verses, I don't know that I've ever heard them preached at all before. I've heard mention of maybe a few of these verses down through in some preaching, but I don't know that I've ever heard them preached. But I'm glad John chapter number three, verses one through 21, contains, my friend, the exposition of the gospel to Nicodemus. And I'm thankful tonight that that is the word of God. And I'm glad tonight, John chapter number three, verse number 22 through 36, I'm glad that's the word of God. Amen. Amen. The Bible says, and after these things came Jesus and his disciples under the land of Judea and there he baptized them, or tarried with them and baptized. Boy, I'm glad when the Lord tarries. Amen. Amen. And John was baptizing in Enon near Salem because there was much water there and they came and were baptized. And John was not yet cast into prison. Then there arose a question between some of John's disciples and the purifying about the Jews. And they came unto John and said, unto him, Rabbi, he that was with thee beyond Jordan, to whom thou bearest witness, behold the same baptizes, and all men come to him. John answered and said, a man can receive nothing except it be given him from heaven. 
ye yourselves bear me witness and I said I am not the Christ but that he but that I am sent before him and he that hath the bride is the bridegroom but the friend of the bridegroom which standeth and heareth him and rejoiceth greatly because of the bridegroom's voice this is my joy therefore is fulfilled he must increase but I must decrease he that cometh from above is above all and he that is of the earth is earthly and speaketh of the earth he that cometh from heaven is above all and what he has seen and heard that he testified and no man receiveth his testimony he that hath received his testimony has set to his seal that God is true for he whom God has sent speaketh the words of God for God giveth not the spirit by measure unto him for the father loveth the son and hath given all things unto his hand he that believeth on the son hath everlasting life and he that believeth not on the son shall not see life but the wrath of God shall abide upon him brother Matthew you pray sir Father, we thank you tonight, God. Help us, oh God, we pray. Lord, I pray for unction and anointing tonight, God. Soften the heart of the hearer tonight, God. They might receive the word of God. Lord, we accomplish that which pleases you, Lord, we pray. Touch the one that's lost and undone. God, touch the Christian. Lord. God, I pray, Lord, we can do absolutely nothing without you tonight. God, I pray that you do. <coughs> Jesus' precious sweet holy name, we do pray. Amen. Amen and amen. I want to say tonight, this is John chapter number 3, verse 22 through 36 in your Bible. As you begin to look at this, you're going to find that this is the final testimony of John the Baptist. And as we've been preaching through the book of John, I've done much study on John the Baptist, much more than I probably ever have in my life. And I am intrigued with this man, John the Baptist. He's quite a remarkable character in the Word of God. And though he is a man that we are familiar with, many times we don't think a, a lot of times about all that he was and all that he done and how he give his life to the service of God. But I want to say tonight a few things about John the Baptist because we'll be looking tonight at his final testimony. And you find in Luke's gospel, you'll find that John the Baptist was a man that was born of Zacharias and of Elizabeth. And you probably remember the story. Zacharias and the Bible says that the angel appeared to him on the right side of the altar of the incense. I'm glad when you get on the right side, these things begin to happen. Amen. I'm glad everything in this Bible that you read about that had God to do with it, it happened on the right side. Amen. You're not going to get anywhere playing for the devil's team. Amen. You're going to have to get on God's side, and that's the right side tonight. I'm thankful tonight, Zacharias, seeing that angel there on the right side of the altar of incense, and that angel began to tell Zacharias, he said, for you're not, and he began to tell him that he was going to bear forth a son, and he would call that son's name John. And John was a man, uh, he was a baby, as it was being told to Zacharias of the angel, he was a baby that was going to be a man that was going to grow up and he was going to be great. Verse number 15 in Luke chapter 1 says he's going to be great in the sight of the Lord. He'll drink neither wine nor strong drink. He'll be filled with the Holy Ghost even from his mother's womb. And many of the children of Israel shall he turn to the Lord their God. And it goes on to say that he will make ready the people prepared for the Lord. Uh, my friend John the Baptist was a man that even 
in his mother's womb. He was a man that had a purpose for God. His mama and his daddy was two godly people. Probably some of the most godly people in Israel at that time. Uh, they were both my friend of a of the, of the family and of a lineage of a priesthood. Uh, uh, Zacharias, he was of the priesthood. That's why he was where he was when that angel began to speak yeah. to him. Can I say tonight, if you want God to speak to you, you need to be where God yeah. wants you to be. Amen. 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 And might I say tonight, Elizabeth, she was of the priesthood. In Israel at this time, the priesthood, it was not an open profession. Not just anybody could pop up and say, hey, I want to be a priest. I, I want to go in there and do that. It didn't work that way. According to the Levitical law, they had to be of the family of Aaron and they had to be of the tribe of Levi had to be even considered for the priesthood. And John the Baptist was a young man that would fit this qualification. But God had a purpose for this young man. And can I say tonight, there's not a man, woman, boy, or girl that God's ever allowed to be conceived in his mother's womb that God does not have a purpose for. Every single one of you tonight has a purpose to glorify God. Now our purposes may not all be the same. And my friend, it may seem like mine's big and yours is small or vice versa times. But might I say tonight that it's all for the work of God. It's all for the glory of God. And it takes every piece of the puzzle to make it all work out. I probably said this before, but I think on mechanical terms a lot of times. And there's been several times, Brother David, I've taken a, an engine apart and there would be one bolt that fell out, one bolt that broke, and that caused the entire operation of a $20,000 automobile to stop and to cease because one little piece wasn't where it needed to be. Ladies and gentlemen, can I say for the effectual working of the body of Christ, it is the same way. When one piece is out of order, it makes a difference. We find that John was a man, that he, my, my friend, had a purpose from his mother's womb to prepare the way of the Lord. Now, in a general sense, every single one of you tonight, in some form or fashion, your purpose and what God's got for you to do for him tonight, it'll fall under that. Amen. It's to prepare the way that somebody can be pointed to the Lord Jesus Christ. And somebody might come to know him as who he is. Like God as the God man, as God manifest in the world. Somebody might come to know him as Lord and his Savior. That somebody might see him as more than a historical figure, but they would see him as God Almighty. And they'd come to him for salvation and believe upon his name. That's the purpose for it all. We clean these bathrooms back here so somebody will have comfort in the house of God. These cushions on the pew so people come and sit and come and hear the gospel preached and all those minor things are to point somebody to Jesus. That's what it's all about. Amen. Praise be unto God. Now John the Baptist had a purpose from his mother's womb. I want us to think about this tonight and then we'll get back to John chapter 3. I want you to think about Zechariah and Elizabeth tonight. Now Zechariah, notice that the angel spoke to daddy. He spoke to Zechariah. He spoke to the head of the household. Amen. Can you agree with that tonight? He spoke to the head of the household. Now that placed a great responsibility upon this man. It's placed a great responsibility for this man to realize and to understand that he's got a son that's going to prepare the way of the Lord. My friend, his wife's womb had been barren and God's going to bless them with a special child that has great purpose to prepare the way of the Lord. And that put great purpose or a great responsibility 
upon this family. And the head of the household, Zechariah, it was his responsibility to convey the burden that God had given unto him and to convey that to his wife. Amen. 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 Can I say that God's ways still haven't changed? Amen. Amen. It's still the man's responsibility to convey what thus saith the word of God. Even though you ladies have a Bible, you can read them and understand and all those different things and you can teach the younger kids and the ladies in this church. Can I still say tonight that it is daddy's responsibility biblically to be the one that puts his britches on on Sunday morning and says we're going to the house of God. It's daddy's responsibility to come in on Wednesday night and say, honey, thank you for cooking supper. Sit down and eat and get up and come to the house of God. It's daddy's responsibility to say, youngins, we're going to gather around the bed tonight before we go to sleep and we're going to pray and we're going to thank God for the day and we're going to ask God to keep us through the night until morning if it be his will. It's still daddy's responsibility first and foremost. Uh, you'll find that through the word of God and I'm not being a, uh, anything tonight. Uh, I'm not being a sexist or anything of that nature tonight. I'm just talking to you about the ways of God. When you study through this Bible, my friend there's been women that God's used time and time and time again but my friend God used the man for great things and for, for, for a position of leadership he used Moses to lead the children out of Egypt he used Joshua to fight the battles of Canaan's land he used a man to be of the Levitical priesthood my friend he used John the Baptist here he the Lord Jesus Christ he used the Apostle Paul to be the one to reveal the mystery of the New Testament church you say preacher what do you do with all those other ones. Well, it's kind of like this. My friend, you look at Deborah in the Word of God. She's in the book of Judges, right? And my friend, she became a leader to Israel. Why? Because a man wouldn't. Amen. It's like this, ladies. If your husband won't, that responsibility falls to you then. Amen. But biblically speaking, it's daddy's responsibility first and foremost. Amen. If there's not a man in the home, mama, that responsibility falls to you. Amen. Or if he won't, it falls to you. But if there's a if there's a man in the house, and can I say this? If there's a man in the home and he's not, and mama has that responsibility on her right now, and he ever gets right with God, mama, you gotta relinquish that. Amen. 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 That's the ways of God. Notice that in the scripture that God spoke to Zechariah. Don't get mad at me over that tonight. That's Bible. Amen. Don't, don't, don't run your lip out tonight. That's Bible. Amen. The Bible says that he spoke to Zechariah. Amen. Great response. Can I say there's great responsibility on us tonight as a mama? There's great responsibility tonight on us as a daddy. There's a great responsibility on us to nurture a child. Can you imagine, Brother Matt, raising up John the Baptist and knowing it from the time that youngin was born? Well, can you imagine the responsibility to instill? still in that child. My friend, it seems to me, and I don't know this to be exactly true, but John the Baptist, though he was full of the Holy Ghost from his mother's womb, he was a baby. He was a human just like we are. As a baby, he didn't know the full purpose of God for his life. There had to be a day and an hour and a time when he come to the realization of the purpose that God had for him in his life. And until that day and that hour that he come to that realization and he chose to take the calling that God had for him in his life, it was daddy's responsibility to, to carry the burden that God had put on his son and my friend to nurture that and to make sure that he provided every means for John the Baptist that he could be what God had intended for him to be. Amen. Amen. What about we might be raising some of the greatest evangelists that this country's ever seen. 
We might be raising the next pastors in Jackson County in this church tonight. Amen. We might be raising the preacher's wives that will stand in the wee hours of the night and stay her husband's arms when everybody else is against him. We might be raising some young ladies, brother mine, that will stay in her husband's arms and pray him through when he can't even pray himself. Amen. Great responsibility tonight. Oh, great responsibility that we have tonight. We might be raising some that will get up here and sing with the touch of God on them and sing for the glory of God. We might be raising deacons and deacons wives. We might be raising Sunday school teachers. We might be raising Bible college teachers. You never know what God will do. Amen. We might be raising some that will go into the high school and turn that thing upside down for the glory of God. We might be raising a generation that will be bold enough to step out on a limb and say we love Jesus and we're not ashamed of it. Can I say tonight on this church, on you as a mama, on me as a dad, Hey, there is a great responsibility that we nurture that and we realize that God didn't send these children into this world for naught, but that he sent them for his glory and he sent them for his purpose. And my friend, we've got a responsibility to nurture them and to bring them up in the admonition of the Lord. Whoa, to train a child the way in which it should go. And the Bible says when it's old, it will not depart from it. That's a promise, Mama, in the Scripture that you can lean on and trust on. We've got great responsibility to teach them the word of God to teach them what thus saith the Lord amen we've got great responsibility to do our part according to this Bible how the Bible speaks in the book of Timothy chapter number 2 Paul told young Timothy he said these things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses the same commit thou to faithful men who shall also be able to teach others there was a ministry not only to preach the gospel but there was a ministry friend to train up a generation that would follow suit when Timothy's day was gone when Timothy was in the same position that Paul was in and he had finished his course that Timothy had raised up some young men behind him amen that's a great responsibility that we have tonight every one of you in this building you've got a job in this church something you do for this church I want to encourage you you ought to be praying that God give you somebody that will shadow you somebody that God will knit your heart together that will take up your mantle when it comes your time to leave here you may be relatively young you may not be planning on leaving anytime soon and I ain't either unless Jesus comes by but I don't know what tomorrow may hold but friend I do believe it is our responsibility to raise up and to shed and to teach a generation Titus chapter number 2 says this that the aged men be sober grave temperate sound faith in charity and patience and the aged women likewise they behave as becometh holiness not false accusers not given to much wine teachers of good things. Notice this verse number four, that they may teach the young women to be sober to love their husbands and to love their children and young men likewise to exhort them to be sober. There is a responsibility on us tonight to raise a generation. There's a responsibility for us to cultivate in them that they might be able to fulfill the purpose and they've had every ample my friend opportunity to do what God wants them to do. Amen. Amen. Can I say tonight, if you want your youngest to memorize Bible verses and you want to know them when they're a teenager, you need to start when they're little. Amen. You want your young you want your daughter to dress right, you better start teaching her now. Amen. You want your young man to respect people, he better learn when he's little bitty to say yes, sir, and no, sir. 
and to respect authority because when he gets to be a teenager, there's going to be a harder rebellion swells up in him. Hey, man, I'm talking about saved teenagers. There'll be a harder rebellion swell up in him. Hey, man, and you won't be able to do anything with him. You need to teach him when they're a little bitty. Amen. Amen. Great responsibility on these parents. Great responsibility on Zachariah and on Elizabeth. And we find, amen, that there was also a great responsibility. In Luke chapter 1, verse number 15, the Bible says the Lord told him that he should not drink wine or strong drink. There was a responsibility to cultivate in John Baptist and teach him the word of God. But there was a responsibility to teach him about separation. Amen. Amen. That he couldn't be like the world. Now, let me say this about separation. Y'all get scared every time I preach on this. I see it on your face. But let me say this. Separation is not a bad thing. Amen. Separation is not a dreadful thing. It's not a boring thing. Hey, praise be unto God. I'm glad tonight. Psalms chapter number one. What's the Bible saying? Psalms chapter number one. Blessed is the man. And it goes on to tell. Blessed is the man because of some things he don't do. Amen. Amen. I'm blessed tonight that I didn't wake up this morning with a hangover. Amen. Amen. I'm blessed that I didn't wake up and not know where I was at. I didn't wake up with my head in my own vomit. I didn't wake up with somebody I do not know. Hey, I'm glad tonight that God God has blessed us. Amen. Not because of who I am, what I am, but because Jesus saw fit to save me, changed my desires, put me in this book. Amen. And I'm glad that this book will keep you, if you'll listen to it, from sin. Amen. Amen. Separation ain't a bad thing, guys. Amen. Ain't something to be scared of. Don't get scared of separation. Amen. You read through the Bible, God's people's always been a separated people. Them Israelites, they didn't have to announce to Jericho who they were. Jericho was already trembling in their footsteps. Uh, They knew who they was. Uh, They knew that was God's people because they looked different. They sounded different. They was crazy enough carrying around a tabernacle in the wilderness with them because God said so. And God would meet with them in that tabernacle in the wilderness. Uh, And it was a testimony to them Canaanites, uh, uh, to them there at Jericho, all them Perizzites there in in Canaan's land. It was a testimony to them, my friend, that they was a people that had the true and the living God on their side. That's what separation does for you tonight. It's a testimony of who you are. Amen. And don't be afraid of that. There's a lot in separation. I ain't getting into the ins and outs of it tonight, but I'm saying that mom and daddy, there's a great responsibility. It's, it's my responsibility to preach on it at times as God leads, but my friend, the primary responsibility, if you study those verses in Titus that I read to you, the primary responsibility of separation to be taught is in the home. Amen. Amen. You'll get mad at me if I preach it time after time again from this pulpit. Amen. But mama, daddy, if you'll soften your heart and get your heart in this book and you'll study this book and you'll have a heart to please God and not worry about what man thinks about it and you'll have a desire to please the Lord. Amen. Amen. You know why most people won't separate by David? Because it's a heart of rebellion. Amen. Amen. There's certain things I can preach on tonight and you'll come in here Sunday morning rebellious. Amen. I've seen Amen. it time and time again. Hey, listen, don't be afraid of those things. And God, God didn't put that in the book to, to make your life miserable. God put that in the book to help you. Because he knows your flesh. Amen. He knows what runs through your mind. Brother David was talking about that scripture over there about the woman uh, that they was going to cast the stones out. Even though he wasn't answering them, he knew what they was thinking. Yes. 
Amen. Amen. He knew what was in their heart. And he was the only one worthy to cast a stone, but he didn't. Amen. Amen. God didn't do that to harm you. Amen. God didn't put in there some standards. He didn't put all them things in there. He done that to keep you where you could be used of God. Amen. Amen. John the Baptist been a drunkard. He'd never had a testimony to be used of God. That's why the Holy Ghost told his daddy that he shouldn't drink no strong drink. Amen. Amen. That he'd be separated from his mother's womb. We're going to do a baby dedication here in a few weeks. Boy, I'm thankful every time we get to dedicate one of them babies to the Lord. Amen. Because from a time are that big, amen, we ought to teach them everything we can about that Bible. Teach them everything we can about what we know about God. Teach them everything we can to try to keep them from going down the same road we went down. Amen. amen. Listen, your youngins don't have to do what you've done. Contrary to culture and society, they don't have to make the mistakes that you made. Amen. amen. And mom and daddy, if you love your youngins like you ought to love them, you won't put your seal of approval and condone the things of this world. Amen. amen. I believe that. You won't buy them the beer. You won't take them to the tattoo shop. Amen. You won't take them to them places. Amen. I don't even believe you buy them a pack of cigarettes. Amen. Amen. Praise God. I know that's. I know some of y'all may not agree with me. That's Bible, friend. God's people's always been a separated people. You find that in John the Baptist. He was a, he was a man that was used greatly for the Lord because he had a mom and daddy that loved him enough to see that he fulfilled the purpose, that they done everything they could do so he could fulfill the purpose that God had in his life. Amen. Amen. Now I understand God's able to break the chains of sin and all those different things, but every one of you in this field tonight could testify of scars that sin has left. There's some things tonight that God has completely forgot about, Brother Matt. He knows nothing of it. But those scars get in my mind every now and then. And they begin to, begin to eat away. Amen. There's some scars in your life tonight. Even though you're just as saved as saved can get and you're on your way to heaven, ain't no, nothing can stop that. There ain't enough demons in hell, Brother Brandon, to change that. But praise be unto God, there's some scars that hinder us along the way because of who we used to be. Amen. And my goal as a daddy is, my goal as a pastor is, is to try to teach the right way, preach the right way, lead the right way so that they don't have to go down the way that I went down. Amen. 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 We find here in the Word of God, we find that John had a calling on his life from his mother's womb. Ain't no way I'm going to get all this preached. John chapter number three, John the Baptist had a calling on his life. He had a calling of God. This wasn't something that was just made up of his daddy or his mom. This was a calling of God. Now, I want you to understand this about John the Baptist because mama was of the priesthood, daddy was of the priesthood. John the Baptist was in line to be a priest. And John the Baptist was no doubt a man of great ability and maybe even great talent to be able to preach like he did and the multitudes to come in. I understand the power of God worked in that, but God had given him the ability and the voice and all those things. And no doubt with the ability that John the 
the Baptist head. Uh, he could have been a great priest in Israel, maybe even the high priest of Israel. But ladies and gentlemen, John had a calling on his life. Though everything was lined up for him to be a priest, uh, he could have lived a religious life of comfort. Uh, he could have been right there with the greatest of the greatest of his day in Israel. But ladies and gentlemen, that wasn't the purpose that God had in his life. Amen. Tonight, can I say the purpose in your life may not be what everybody else thinks it is. Amen. 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 I, I, I talk about this a lot when I talk to these preacher boys. Sometimes we get this preacher bubble. We think we got to squeeze in this preacher bubble. Amen. These singers, they do the same thing. You got to squeeze into this thing. There's a, there's, a, there's a form that we're supposed to fit into. When Brother David pours concrete, he puts a form, and they, they put that concrete in there, and it all goes out to that form, and it conforms to that form. Yeah. Amen. And sometimes we think that we got to get in this little, this little preacher form. Amen. God made every one of these men different for a reason. Amen. Brother David will reach people I'll never reach. Brother Matt will reach people I'll never reach. Brother Brandon will reach people that I will never reach. They'll listen to Brother Brandon when they'll never listen to me. Amen. Amen. They, the, the only preacher bubble we've got in form is the qualifications that are set aside in this book. But God give every man a different personality. Yeah. Amen. Amen. God give every man a little bit different way about doing things, different mannerisms and, and the different ways that we are. Hey, if we was all the same, we'd just be a bunch of robots. Amen. Right. But Amen. God made every one of us different. And John the Baptist, he didn't fit into what, he, what, uh, what uh, li his lineage said that he should have been because he had a call of God on his life. And that calling of God was something that he chose to do. Even though it was from his mother's womb, there come a day and an hour that he chose to do. God puts a free will in a man. Amen. Amen. God put a free will in you tonight to serve him or not to. Amen. Every one of us tonight. John the Baptist, though he could have chose a life of comfort, he chose his calling. Though he could have sh chose great position with man, he chose to have power with God. Though John the Baptist could have had prosperity, he chose to have peace in his heart, knowing that he was doing what God had called him to do. Amen. I've heard testimonies of preachers that they've talked about they could have, one pastor in Waynesville, Dwight Banks is his name, he had an opportunity one time as a young preacher to go pastor a relatively large brick church, he said, uh, held seven, eight hundred people. He said, he said, God just didn't put it in his heart. Stayed right where it was at. Built a wonderful ministry right over here in Waynesville, North Carolina. Amen. 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 Sometimes what everybody else thinks y'all do ain't what y'all do. Amen. Amen. And the calling God puts in your heart, can I say in John the Baptist's case, his daddy knew it, his mama knew it, he knew it, but not everybody knows what God's put in your heart. I believe God testifies and God confirms, amen, but sometimes what the majority thinks ain't what God thinks, amen. You, you can see that in this world. What the majority's hollering ain't what's right, amen, amen. We find John the Baptist had this calling upon his heart. And because of that, he chose, instead of being a well-dressed priest in Israel, he chose to go into the wilderness and get along with God. He chose, my friend, to preach a message that would have been totally against the grain. He chose to be somebody that nobody else would have chose to be because God put a calling in his life and on his life. That's why he is where he is. I had to say all that to get you to the text tonight. I may not even get to preach it. 
Amen. John the Baptist was a man because he spent a lot of time alone with God, because he didn't go with the grain, if you will. He was a powerful preacher. When he had preached, them sinners would come down, he'd baptize them. Amen. If you study this historically, uh, I ain't going to get into the numbers, but they say they was, they was many, many people, much more than the average Baptist church of our day, would come and listen to John the Baptist preach. And they'd be convicted because his preaching was so powerful. He's preaching a message that they really, by faith, they just have to receive it by faith. There's nothing tangible to say that what John the Baptist is preaching is true. Amen. Amen. But they believe it by faith, and it's so convicting power because he's got power with God. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Because he's done what God wanted him to be. Can I say tonight for you, for every one of us, from these preachers to the pew, if we have the power of God in our life, it's when we fall into our place. Amen. 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 Think about this tonight. You take one of them boats that they row on each side. I can't remember what they're called. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Take a canoe. You can take a canoe, same type of same type of ordeal. You need two people to row to make it easy. You need one on one side, and you need one on the other side, and you'll go straight ahead. But you know what? If if you decide, well, I like rowing on his side better. It looks like it's easier paddling. If you both get on that side, you know what you're gonna do? You're gonna go in a circle. Amen. Every now and then we do that in church. Y'all with me? Amen. Amen. Sometimes we want to be rolling on his side because it looks good over there. It looks easier. Amen. It looks like there's more glory over there. Amen. Hey, praise God. It's just as hard to row on my side as it is on your side. Amen. Amen. That water's just as thick, brother Matt, on my side as it is on your side. That canoe is just as hard to row on the right side of the boat as it is on the left side. Hey, and if we'll stay on our side and we'll all row for the glory of God, we'll go straight ahead. Amen. Amen. We get power with God when we get in our place where God wants us to be. Amen. Listen, don't covet the Sunday school teachers. Don't covet the special singer. Amen. Don't covet your deacons. Don't covet all these. Don't co- Hey, listen, because when you get in one of them places, the devil sets in. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Devil sets in. Amen. You don't know what they're going through a lot of times. Right. Amen. Pray for them. Yeah. And if God Amen. won't, let me say this. Can I say this tonight? I'm going to anyway, Brother David. Amen. <laughs> I don't know why I ask you if I can say this because I'm going to say it anyway. <laughs> the devil will try to convince you of all kinds of things. But can I say tonight that you don't have to claw your way into a Sunday school class? You don't have to claw your way, preachers behind the pulpit. Amen. You don't have to claw. This church will not have to claw its way into a position or prominence in this community or in this camp. If we do what God wants us to be, we won't have to do it. God will do that. Amen. And and can I say this tonight because I'm going to anyway. We're talking about putting that tin up out there. If we just follow God, all the rest of it will work out, church. Amen. 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 I'm not going to sit and worry and fret about those things. Amen. Amen. I'm going to pray. I'm going to ask God what to do, and I'm going to do what God says to do, and we'll go out there and do what he says, and we'll come back to the house. Amen. Amen. And if God saves one, if he saves a hundred, or if church people just get here, it'll be all for the glory of God. Amen. Amen. We'll get in our place, and we'll do our part. It's a good day in my life when I determine. That whatever it is, if it was little bitty or if it was great big, didn't make any difference or somewhere in between, that I was going to do what God wanted me to do. 
Amen. Can I say that every Moses needs an Aaron and a Hur? Amen. Every, every Joshua needs somebody behind him like those priests when they crossed over into Canaan's land and them priests, they held strong. Amen. Amen. These people like that needed in the house of God. I got to move on. What time is it? Amen. Let me say this tonight, and I'm going to try to close. I didn't even get to the message tonight. Let me say this tonight. John the Baptist was in the ministry of preparation. This was not a glorified ministry. We say the name John the Baptist, and we think a great preacher man, a great prophet from God, and he was. But in his day, he wasn't viewed that way. He was in the ministry of preparation, preparing the way, pointing people to Jesus Christ. He wasn't building himself a flock or a following. He was getting people prepared to receive Christ. Can I say tonight that our ministry falls under that same token? It's not about me building a following. Amen. If y'all ever become Austin Frady followers, you're in bad shape. Amen. Amen. We're all about to get haywire. Amen. If you get to following me. If these preachers ever get to a place where they're building a following, amen, there's something wrong. If this church ever just gets a big following, there's something wrong. Our purpose is to prepare. My purpose in preaching is to be the plow man that goes through and plows with the plow of the Word of God, the mules, the Holy Spirit, pulling that thing through the fallow ground. All I'm doing is just hanging on for dear life, praise God, and plowing up the fallow ground so the Holy Ghost can come by and sow a little seed and the Holy Ghost can come by again and give a little water and God can give the increase. Just in the ministry of preparation, I can't save nobody. Amen. If I could have, I'd have saved me. Amen. It took Jesus to do it. My little boy, he's been been growing in the Lord. God's been working with him and dealing with him, and God's been doing things in his life. And and we'll get down to pray, and me and him will get down and we'll talk, and and he'll ask me some questions, brother Matt, that I cannot answer. I can't answer them. Last night I got down. He, he'd die if he knew I was telling you this, but I'm going to tell you because he ain't in here. I got down with him last night, and we was in the bed, Brother David, and I, he began to ask me some questions there, and, and we began to pray. And, and he said, Daddy, he said, I feel like the Lord wants me to do something. He said, I feel like he wants me to do something. I said, what is it, son? He said, I don't know. I said, well, son, I'll tell you how I am. I said, most of the time when God tells me to do something, he's pretty clear. And he tells me what I need to do, but I just don't want to admit it. And I said, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I said, I'm going to crawl out of this bed, and I'm going to go get in my bedroom, and I'm going to get down on my knees and pray. And I said, son, I want you to lay in this bed, and you pray, and you ask God, and you beg God, and you, t- you give God your heart, and you surrender all to him. And I said, I'm going to go in there and pray for you. But I said, this is between you and God. You've got to come to terms with this yourself. Amen. Amen. That's the way salvation That's is. Right. Can, can I say this tonight? Ain't being mean. When we get in the altar with people and praying, I love getting in the altar with people and praying. We ask them. We try to give them direction if we can. But there comes a moment and a time and an altar that we have to step back. Amen. 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 Listen, you ain't doing them no good praying right in their ear. Amen. There comes a, there's a time to talk to them. There's a time to love on them and let you know you're praying too. And then there's a time to step back. Amen. Amen. That takes the Holy Ghost to let you know all he means now. So I can't teach that to you. 
I wish I could. I can give you a rundown on, on how I usually do things and all that, but I can't teach that to you because it's different every time, Brother Matt. Amen. But I will say this. There's a time and a place and some of the, some of the times that God's done the greatest things in my life is when it's just been me and him. Amen. Me and him. Nobody else. No distractions. Amen. I mean, I'll never forget dealing with a young lady in the altar one time, a revival meeting at Wilmot. There's a fly I got to buzzing around. Devil use anything he can use to distract. Amen. Dennis Bridges come through there. He said, praise God, we need to pray. The devil's got a fly using it to distract her. He's right on cue. Amen. Devil use anything to distract somebody. But there's a time and a place between you and God. Amen. John the Baptist was in the ministry of preparation. Let me say this tonight, Mama. I'm right now done, don't worry. You're in, the, you're in the ministry of preparation. When Daddy ain't there, you got them youngins at home. Hey, man, they see how much you're on Facebook and how much you're doing other things. They see all those things. Mama, you've got time right there to prepare that youngin for what it ought to be. Mama, you've got time to soak into that youngin some God things. It's going to get plenty of world things other places and other times. But you've got a little time to soak into that young and some God things. Amen. And the ministry of preparation, can I say this well, to make it fun. Amen. Amen. The greatest days of my life, Brother Bobby, ain't been riding a roller coaster, ain't even been riding a horse, Brother Matt, ain't been shooting a deer, Brother Kyle. Greatest days of my life has been serving the Lord. Amen. Greatest Amen. days of my life has been when I've been under his touch and been under his anointing. Greatest Amen. days of my life when I've been under an altar praying and asking God to do so. When I've been in the choir singing, even though I can't sing, and just giving glory to God. Greatest days of my life have been sitting on a church pew, agging somebody on Amen. to preach the word of God, agging somebody on to shout a little bit, agging somebody on to get right with God. Greatest days of my life been the things of the Lord. The most fun I've ever had has been serving Jesus. Amen. 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 I wouldn't take nothing for it. I wouldn't change one thing. Amen. If I changed anything, I'd do more than what I'm doing now. Amen. Praise be unto God because it's fun. We ought to make it fun for these youngins. I ain't saying change what we do. I'm saying when we sing glory to his name, they ought to be something in our voice. Amen. It makes them know that there's joy in singing glory to his name. When we're singing them old hymns out of the red back, but when we're singing, amen, those songs we sing, we ought not just drag along and sing them. We ought to sing them at the top of our lungs, sing them with everything we've got. Hey, because we're singing about our Jesus. We're singing about our Lord. Amen. And these youngins are seeing how much we enjoyed or not. Amen. Amen. Hey, it's fun to come to the house. There's joy in serving Amen. all. Amen. Amen. There's joy in preaching the gospel, Amen. brother David. Amen. There's joy in teaching Sunday school, brother Bobby. There's joy in singing in the choir. There's joy in everything we do. There's, can I say this? There's joy in raising youngins. Amen. Amen. It took me a few years of being a dad, brother Matt, to find that out. Amen. But there's joy in raising them youngest to see them little fellers and them little girls blossom in the Lord. Yeah. Glory to God, I wouldn't take nothing for it. There's joy in it. Amen. Amen. My prayer is that they see that joy. There's a great ministry of preparation, Mama, in your home. Yes. And can I say that's not a lesser ministry than anything else. 
Being a mama is a, one of the greatest honors. Yes. You know that God give you mama something that he didn't give us. He give you a spirit about you that's nurturing and compassionate when daddy ain't. Amen. When daddy's just old hard nose. Amen. And God made him that way for a reason because there's a time and a place for that. But, God, but mama, God made you compassionate nurturing for a reason because there's a time and a place for that. Amen. Amen. And God made daddy who he is for a reason too. There's a great ministry of preparation, dad. There's a great ministry of preparation, Grandpa. Amen. There's a great ministry of preparation in this church. Lay member, you may not have children or grandchildren. Yours may be grown. All those different things. Can I say there's somebody watching you? There's somebody looking up to you. The Bible says, let no man despise thy youth, but be thou an example of the believers. Amen. Let me ask you something. If your children or if these young people are what you are Monday through Friday, how would this church be? Think about that. There's a great ministry of preparation. That was John the Baptist. I'll have to come back to John chapter number 3 and preach again next week because I didn't get the message. And I want to say tonight, don't think that your purpose is a lesser purpose. It's a great ministry God's given you in the ministry of preparation. And from the pulpit to the very back door, Every person in this building is doing something to build a church. I'm not talking about these walls and this ceiling, this carpet. I'm talking about a body of believers in a local assembly. That's the way God works. Amen. There's a, the body of Christ. And then God divides it out into a local assembly, the local church. God works through the local church. Amen. And in that being said, every one of you, is a piece and a part of that body. I was going to preach a message on this. God won't let me. I think it's just intended for me to say it right now. There was a man that we know. His name is Mike Holman. Y'all might know him. He's got one arm. When he was a young man, he was in a car accident, and his arm got mashed in that car accident somewhere down around in here. I'm not exactly sure, but somewhere low down below his elbow, and they had to amputate that arm. Well, didn't kill Mike but it did slow him down a little bit because something was missing. Part of his body was missing. A limb was missing. And though it did not completely disable him, it did hinder him. Can I say in the house of God that if one person leaves that needs to be here, if one person is here but not doing what they should be doing, it doesn't completely stop, brother mine, the working of the body of Christ, but it does slow us down. And let me tell you what it does. It's what done brother Mike. I've watched him over the last 10 years, and he's had to have surgeries. They've had to continue taking that arm off on up. It's, it's, it's off on up to here now. And brother Mike, he was a man's man, brother David. He owns pretty good little piece of land out there and he has to weed eat most of it. Brother Matt, he's a man's man. He gets out there the weed eater with one hand or used to and he weed eat eight hours with one hand. That's a man. He, they said he'd drive to work drinking a cup of coffee shifting gears. Hey, that's a man, Brother David. Hey, man. You ride with him, you'd be prayed up. Hey, man. But it did slow him down. I've watched him over the years. This is what it done. 
It put more strain on every other part of his body. That one arm, he could have probably squeezed me into a little, little ball, that one arm at one time. But because of that, his muscles are starting to deteriorate in his good arm because it was overworked, because he didn't have the other one. In the house of God, if you're not doing your part, as somebody else that will take up your slack, I promise you, but they're going to wear out. Amen. They're going to get wore down. Amen. And we can do so much more. Amen. If everybody would come together and say, I'm not going to be a stump. Amen. I'm not going to be one of them parts that can't do. I'm going to get where God wants me to be. I'm going to pray. I'm going to read my Bible and see where God wants me. I'm going to get in my place and I'm going to do my part. Amen. 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 Brother, Brother Mike, just the other day, he failed. He was needing to have surgery. He failed. He broke his shoulder. He was having surgery on his foot. All kinds of things. Just because all stems from that one injury. His balance ain't what it used to be. Different things. He's still going. Never complained. But part of him's overworked. Don't be the cause tonight of putting more strain on other people, other parts of the body of Christ. Get in your place. Do what God wants you to do. Recognize and real. Don't die on me now. Amen. I'm about Amen. done. I promise. The ministry of preparation that God has put in your life is not a lesser ministry. You may not be the pastor. You may not be a deacon. You may not be the song leader. But I promise you, your part in this church is just as needed. As any one of those. Amen. Amen. Listen, God can raise up anything He wants to raise up. But the Bible says He puts them in the house of God as it pleases Him. Not everybody's going to fit in here. It's just like not everybody's going to fit in here. We have to realize that. But if God puts you here, get in your place. Amen. Do your part. And if you, listen, if you're supposed to be fitting in right here, you don't fit in nowhere else. Amen. Amen. You take a puzzle piece out of one box and try to put it in another puzzle, it's out of place. Though it's still a puzzle piece, it's out of place. And it becomes useless. Amen. Amen. Listen, let me preach just a minute. I'm done. There's a lot of people that's taken their self out of one box, put it in another. Spiritually speaking, they went from one church to another trying to fit in because they was too afraid to fix things. Listen, we're all men here. We're all ladies here. We're all adults, amen? Amen. God puts you here, you're needed. Amen. Face something going, hey, listen, fix it. Amen. Fix it. Don't let it fester and bolt. Fix it. The ministry of preparation that God has given us is too much of a responsibility. Bible says to whom much has been given, much shall be required. Them two little youngins that me and my wife have, Honey, they make us responsible. Amen. I don't know what they'll be. AJ may never have his name on a plaque. Payson may never get her name in the newspaper. But I guarantee you, Brother David, God's got something. Amen. I guarantee you, Michael's got a job Amen. to do for God. Amen. Amen. Brother Matt, I guarantee you, Paisley, it's got a purpose Amen. for the glory yes. of God. Amen. Brother Brandon, him little youngins you carried in here tonight, they've got a purpose for the glory of God. Amen. Hey, my, every one of them tonight, yes. Kyle, Nicole, 
God didn't give you them triplets for no reason. Amen. Amen. That was of the Lord. Y'all wouldn't have chose that, I don't think. Nobody in the right mind would. But right now, you wouldn't take it back for nothing. And it's untelling what they'll be for the glory of God. And not only do they have a responsibility, do, I, do we have a responsibility? Not only, Miss Kim, do you have a responsibility to Bentley as a grandmother, Brother Bobby as a grandpa, Brandon Matt, all these is that are parents in this room. But this church has a great responsibility to cultivate a place that they can see old time worship. They can see Miss Martha get in the glory and turn loose and shout. Hey man, these young I had a young lady tell me, she killed me, she know what I was telling this too. I ain't gonna tell you who she is. She said, Preacher, if I'd have just stood up, I'd have shouted the other weekend. Amen. 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 You know what to push her over the edge, Miss Martha? When you get in the glory. Amen. You know what to push her over the edge? When you get in the glory. Amen. When you kick off the brakes and turn, that's the ministry of preparation. Preparing a way that somebody can get to Christ. Amen. Amen. Listen, won't you, let me ask you to do this. I'm going to close. I promise. I promise. This needed preaching, brother. I'm having a time whether y'all are or not. Amen. Saturday evening. Won't you find you a place and take a load off your Sunday school teacher? Amen. Mm-hmm. Amen. You find you a quiet place and you take you take ten minutes. Surely you can take ten minutes. Take ten minutes and you take the load off your Sunday school teacher and you pray for him mm-hmm. or her. You pray, God, get on him. God, give him, give him a mind to comprehend and give him lips to deliver. God, give him a heart that it's not just an intellectual Sunday school, but it's from the heart. Take the load off of it. Let me ask you this. Saturday evening, take the load off his choir. Pray for him. Amen. Amen. The ministry of preparation. You think about that. Might be somebody this week God wants you to go talk to. Might be somebody God's a burden in your heart down. He's wanting, you to, he's wanting you to go out there and talk to them. He's wanting you to go visit them. Might be somebody on your job God's wanting you to witness to. You know what A.J. told me God's wanting him to do, Brother David? He said, God's wanting me to witness to my friends, Daddy. Hallelujah. He said, God's wanting me to witness to my friends. How would God tell us that every now and then? Hey, man. Hey, listen. I think God's telling us. I think we just need to listen. Hey, man. Hey, man. Let's do it. The ministry of preparation. Stand with me tonight. Miss Martha, you come. It's past my bedtime. Won't you think about this tonight? God's given you a great, great ministry. If you're here tonight and you're saved, I want you to raise your hand. Every one of you's got your hand up tonight. You've got a ministry. Not every one of you is a preacher. Not every one of you hold a position in this church. But as I look across this building, I see hands raised of mamas. I see hands raised of daddies. Stepdaddies, I see grandpas and grandmas, aunts and uncles. I see leaders on a job. You may be in a supervisor position. I see people of great influence. 
You've got a ministry. A ministry of preparation. I want to ask you tonight, would you need to slip out of your pew and get in this altar and say, God, help me. Help me to be a John the Baptist. And help me to point people to Christ. To prepare the way. Help me, God, to be the mama I ought to be. Help me, God, to be the daddy that I ought to be. Help me, Lord, to be an example in this church that our young people can look up to. They can see somebody filled with the Spirit of God. I'll never forget some of the most convicting times in my life was times that I'd see Brother Matt's dad run down an aisle shouting glory and I'd say to myself I want what he's got some of the most convicting times in my life was when my preacher get in the glory and I'd say I want what he's got when Miss Angie down there at Wilmot would cut loose like a siren and she'd begin to shout in the glory I'd think man I'm missing something here The ministry of preparation. It's not a light thing, Mama. It's not a light thing, Daddy. It's not a light thing, guys. You're an example. You're an example. Thank you, Lord.